We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to a show that I've not really named yet, but it's following uh, the Dallas Mavericks' first summer league game. I'm recording live from the media room here beneath the Thomas Mack Center, where hopefully the internet is powerful enough to uh, to make sure the show can go up. So uh, for those of you who are um, clicking in, you probably know by now the Mavericks fell to the Chicago Bulls 100-99 to in overtime. Uh, but in my opinion, it was probably the most fun I've had watching a Dallas Mavericks Summer League game. Uh, at least in terms of games where players, you know, like a guy like Jaden Hardy um, had real it's just the kind of game where I, I feel like we can kind of be really excited about the future um sometimes when these guys have really good games it's not something you can project forward or it's a guy uh that might not make the team or something like that and this is just a uh, is why we watch summer league kind of in a nutshell so um i would really love it if some of you guys would come up here and you know talk to me about what you saw what you liked what you didn't like uh even some of the other players beyond hardy i see andrew notes in the chat um you know uh aj lawson had a really unbelievable game um i just talked with a friend of the show uh sharks and he told me that that uh lawson was quite the recruit in high school but went to south carolina and was basically buried uh on by their coach uh frank gosh what's his name he's a coach uh he used to coach at kansas state and has he's kind of a hard ass of a guy but you know why don't you uh you know let me know what you guys think about this game let's talk about it for a little bit and, and you know hear uh, hear what what your guys thoughts on it um it was pretty interesting and i'll just wait for speaker requests and you guys can click on that at any point yeah frank martin thank you jacob i'm i'm having a, a day i haven't slept very much in the first few days here um 
it was it was a, a really uh, you know it was like a fun experience. Uh, they played in the big gym. Uh, there were all sorts of Dallas Mavericks there. There was you know, pretty much the entire team that's rostered right now that has signed deals. Um, I don't know if JaVale McGee's signed yet, but all the you know it's, it's pretty much everyone um, with the show. So it was it was uh, it was fun to see all that support. You know, Mark Cuban gave an interview, which we're gonna you know we can talk about that. Not, Oh, it's Jason Kidd giving an interview, excuse me. Uh, but Mark Cuban was there, Nathan Harrison was there. There was definitely a lot going on. Um, and it was fun. So, all right, coming up first, let's bring up my guy Leo. What's up, Leo? Hi. Uh, so you were at the game today. I want to know what your thoughts were on Hardy's performance. Anything you see that you thought might have he might have had a – he would have been worse at in the game. And if you think the Mavs are opening their two-way contract, seeing how Moses really didn't play that well, I know it's just one game, but it you say it's a lot where it's like bigs are in abundance in this league, and finding a guy like Lawson really seems like something the Mavericks have needed for a while to kind of fill in the Dorian role. Well, so let's kind of start with the, the, the grumpier stuff first and then talk about the happier stuff that you asked in the end. So, you, you know, talking about Moses Wright, he is, he's a bundle of tools. I just recorded a show with Jose. Uh, uh, you guys have talked with Jose in here, and we did like him as Money Ball After Dark. And I, I talked about it. It's, it's interesting to watch him play because he's got such long lens. He's very athletic, but he doesn't really do a specific thing. That makes you, and, and at this level, when you're playing summer league, you need to bring something to the table where you say, that is what this guy's NBA skill is. And being having long arms is incredibly interesting. I wrote about that before the game, but I don't, you know, you've got to also be able to play defense. You all, you've got to be able to block shots. You have to be able to finish the round. Like, there's going to be something that you do. This is, this is why I'm on the roster. I mean, we make, you know, we, we kind of act sarcastic about Theo Pinson, but like Theo Pinson's NBA skill is apparently chemistry. Like that, that's an important thing. Um, I don't know about Lawson. Lawson is, he was born in 2000, so he's 22 years old. Uh, it's not young, it's not old, but it's at kind of the tail end of the developmental cycle. He's 6'6 and about 180 pounds soaking wet. I'm curious to know what the Mavericks might think of, of him in terms of the developmental prospect. He shot the ball really well. Uh, and, and Sharks told me that's kind of going to be the defining factor if he's able to stick in the league. Like, is he able to shoot? He was relentless. That was what was really cool. Uh, he's also really athletic. That, that should have been game-winning dunk. Man, I wish like, – that should have been what we were popping off about is talking about that. That was really, really fun. Um, all right, and then Hardy of it all. So let's go with the good stuff first. The good stuff was he's finishing at the rim was really impressive. That was something I was worried about having watched some G League tape and talked to a lot of people. He just struggled with that. And he attacked the rim on repeat tonight. He finished with 11 free throw attempts. Uh, he missed three. It is what it is. Uh, and then I really liked the variety of stuff that he did on offense. Uh, he, he had a couple of you know, threes. He had some open threes that just didn't go down. He had you know a couple of step back twos. He had floater. Uh, there's a lot of elements to his offensive um, repertoire that I found particularly impressive and was fun to watch. Um, in terms of like things that maybe he has to work on, he is not super confident in his left hand yet. Uh, he 
team for it. They, they figured it out after because his first two uh, makes, I think, were like driving layups from the left side of the floor towards the middle. And when defenders started shading him on that hand and pushing him back to his left, he's, he would try to find ways to go right anyways, because I don't think he's super confident in that left hand. That's not like, that's perfectly fine. Luca didn't exactly like one of the hidden things about Luca, like one of the criticisms of him coming into the draft was that he wasn't really all that great with his left hand. Luca's obviously a special talent in the fact that he just like fixed it over the summer. But I'm very, I feel very bullish about, about, um, Hardy at the moment. The other thing, you know, he had six turnovers. Uh, two of them were uh, pretty much, they weren't why the Mavericks lost the game, but he had a turnover with 30 seconds left that led to the Bulls score, which tied the game. And then he had a another turnover in overtime that led to the um, that led to another basket. Like it was their live ball turnovers leading to baskets. Those were killer. Uh, one the the first one that I described at the end of regulation was him over penetrating. Like he got all the way to the rim, but he was basically smothered. There was nowhere for him to go, and so he just lost the ball. He fell over. And then the other was one where he tried to force it through a trap and get a foul call, and he just lost the ball. Um, you know, that, that sort of stuff happens with time. You know, you figure that sort of thing out the more you do it. Um, Josh notes in the Slack Brunson can't finish with his right hand, and he just finessed the Knicks for $100 million. <laughs> Yeah, I really like that. Uh, well, Leo, what else, what else you got for us? Uh, just two final things, and I'll get off. Uh, which, as we're talking about Moses, would that kind of be the Josh Green problem? The tools are there physically. And he, they can do things that will pop out to you. Like Moses has the blocks, and Josh will have the passing, and sometimes the steals. But you have to actually put it together at an NBA level to actually to have a roster spot. And seeing as how you were behind the great Jerry West, did you hear anything he was talking about? Thank you. Sure thing, buddy. Um, I was purposely not listening to anybody's conversations because that could get me in trouble if I was to. You know, you're, you're not supposed to. Like those, that area is considered like off the record unless you're like actually talking to someone. So I, I didn't listen to what anybody was talking about, um, though I could hear them. Um, you know, the, the Josh Green stuff is interesting. I, I, my short answer to your question, Leo, is yes, is that's kind of the problem that I see with Josh Green, where he does a number of things, but what does he do well that sets him apart? And a lot of people will say, okay, well, he's a defender, and I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. Anyways, that that's where we are. He was, he was sitting, uh, he was there at the game today, too, which, you know, I wish he was playing. But, um, you know, we saw R.J. Hampton play last night with the Magic. R.J. Hampton's another third-year player, which I think he's third-year, and he might have been one of the worst players in the court. So maybe the Mavericks know what they're doing because, you know, Green has been able to play in NBA situations, but they have to be very specific. So I don't know. All right, uh, coming up next is Tyron. Hi, Tyron. How you doing? One more time with the unmute. All right, Tyron, we'll bring you back up here in a second, uh, see if we can figure out your audio. Uh, Jose, what's going on? It's been a long time. Welcome back. Hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah, it's been uh, a very long time. What do you got for us today? So first thing is, I think Summer League is, like, made for us to overreact. So with my Jaden Hardy takes, I've obviously been spewing some baby Ray Allen, baby Bradley Beal stuff. But watching him today, I think he's a lot further 
along than I thought he was to be an actual NBA player. Like I think that's fair. That's I don't think that's an overreaction at all. Like I, I was prepared for anything, and this was not. This is is towards the fringes of variance that I was expecting from him. I mean, twenty eight points and nineteen shots is good. You there? Uh, you muted yourself. Yeah. So I said 28 points on 19 shots is really good. So, I mean, he was I, – I was really pleased with what I saw from him. Oh, yeah. I uh, I thought – you had brought up, like, I think it was a couple of days ago where what would be, like, your expectations for him. And I said box score really isn't important for me. It's just, like, seeing how he plays. And one thing – you actually posted the video earlier – his mechanics are very good. He's a very smooth player. Uh, his obviously his three point shot wasn't falling today, but when I watch him shoot, like he just looks like a shooter. Which, like you look at Josh Green and you're like, that guy cannot shoot. Uh, you're talking yourself into Josh Green's shot, where you're like, if he does this a little different, where with Hardy there wasn't. You know, I don't know enough about shooting mechanics. I'm not gonna bullshit you, but the way the shot looks is pure. Yeah, it looks like a good shot. And then you said, I mean, his finishing was the big concern I think everyone had with him. And he looked pretty solid. I was actually glad to see him attack more and not just settle for jump shots. Because I know the shot, I mean, from high school, from what everyone's talked about him, is his shots there. I was glad to see him, I mean, just be out of his comfort zone and attack more and, you know, and not just settle for jump shots. And again, 28 points is you can't complain about that. It was very efficient, but I I do think, and I, I hate to be the guy who like maybe the front office knew something we didn't, but I think they drafted him knowing they're going to let Brunson walk, and maybe they saw something in there that we didn't see at the time, because he does look like he's going to be playing actual NBA minutes and not just be a what I call a human victory cigar. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I, I do think he's going to play minutes mainly because the Mavericks may need him to. Um, yeah. But what you can see right now, at least in my opinion, is he would he could go out onto the floor and play with, with a group of the current rotation players and have a specific thing he does on the floor. You know, he might take away some things because he's a you know young guy playing defense. But, again, he has a great wingspan. He has good feet. He also like like really good balance. Like there's a lot that he does that that I, I can see them figuring out ways to use or um, take advantage of in, in the offense and putting him in a position to succeed. Like that's what's always a little bit difficult with Josh Green on the offensive end is things have to be a certain set of circumstances for things to work out for Green. But in this in this time, I, I just I feel with, with the sort of things that are going on for Hardy, there's just he, he could come in and contribute in some form. I, I don't want to necessarily say right away, but it wouldn't shock me by game 40 if he's played 20 games and, you know, had some, you know, fun performances in that, in that scope. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think day one, we're going to see him in the rotation, but I do think we might see him in garbage time, some games, and then, Eventually, I mean, I don't know what Dinwiddie is going to be like on back-to-backs if he's playing. Yeah, so right. he might be thrusted into bigger roles. You mean randomly when that happens? Uh, 
But I mean, he does look good, and that's the thing with Josh Green is I'm I'm still trying to convince myself that Josh Green is going to be a good NBA player. Uh, and watching him play again against the Jazz, he was unplayable, and it seemed like a confidence issue maybe. With Hardy, I don't think that's going to be an issue. If you leave Hardy oh, open, he's, he's going to let, let it fly. He, he took, I mean, he, he took a ton of shots tonight and had no problem taking those shots. Like the, the willingness to do that is, I mean, 75% of NBA players like throughout history have scored under 10 points a game. It's just kind of the nature of the league. It's like the so guys that are willing to kind of like curl up shots have value, but he, I, I just, I loved the way a lot of the, the process worked for him. You know, he has the, the wingspan is there and that helped him on offense in terms of how he would set up a lot of his dribble moves. He's got, you know, he's got like a nice kind of hesitation in the step. He doesn't necessarily have the quickest step in the world. That was kind of one of the knocks against him. But I, I felt that like all the things he did were done with a degree of confidence that is hard to teach. Yeah, he had he has a, he. I mean, I didn't really watch that much G League. I'm not no, a big G League guy. Me either. I I, I, I watch highlights of it. You mean watch? Watch highlights of any NBA player, and you're going to think he's a superstar. But I watched Jalen Hardy today, and he's not the fastest, but he's very smooth. His mid-range game looked nice, which I'm, I love. I love if a player has a good mid-range game; like they're going to be one of my favorite players, which is why I liked Brunson so much. Uh, so I, I think Hardy's going to be good. And then Lawson, everyone's talking about signing Lawson. But like you said, he's he's six foot three. I mean, sorry, six foot six, one hundred eighty five pounds, and I think twenty three. Like you said, right? Uh, I don't mind giving him a two way, but like people saying, give him an actual roster spot. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's tough to do. That's tough to do for an yeah, that's guy. A, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we have Theo Pinson, who's like that guy off the bench, who's just there to hype people up, the chemistry guy, and I think he's again the perfect human victory cigar. Uh, I don't think we need another one in Larson to be a human victory CR. So. For sure. Well, thanks, Jose. You got anything else for us? Uh, no, that's it. I uh, appreciate you letting me talk. Sure, of course. Hope to have you back. Talk soon. All right. And anybody else, if you want to keep talking, just send in the request button. Troy, how are you? Welcome to the show. Love that, uh, love that jacket as your avatar photo. Um, hit the unmute button one more time for us. Give you a second, see if it'll let you do it. Sometimes you may have to uh, punch in and let you rejoin here if you can't find it. That is okay. All right, try to do the speaker request again, and we'll uh, we'll figure it out. You got to be outside of the chat in order to see the unmute button. Okay, coming up next then is Simon. Welcome back, Simon. How you doing? What's up? What's going on, Kirk? Just uh, you know, it's 5:30 here in Vegas time. I'm trying to after I'm done with this, I'll try to figure out how I'm going to spend the rest of my evening. But uh, things are going well, I'd say so far. All right, all right, good to hear, man. I mean, I you know I checked out the game and everything. I saw uh, I saw Hardy. You know, I saw Lawson. Um, you know, my thoughts on it is, uh, you know, with Hardy. You know, he's obviously young, and you know, he's a guy that. When you watch him play, if you've ever played at any level, like he's a guy that has a the feel and the handle of somebody that's more of an off guard, you know. But they were putting the ball in his hand and you know making you know making to make certain decisions and all that. And 
you know, he may be able to develop into that one day, but he has more of a scoring, you know, off guard uh, mentality. And that's fine, you know. I mean, with Luca around and everything, if he can develop. But uh, but I also think that he's a guy that if he is an, a, a true NBA player, he will be he will play really good with other guys that can, you know, distribute, dribble, make decisions, you know. Um, but and so and with Lawson, yes. you know, Lawson, he looked, you know, he looked good and everything. And uh, but, um, you know, like you were mentioned about the age, I'm not I'm not really too worried about that because I, I feel like in life and in sports, everybody has their own journey, you know, like he might take a little bit more time to develop. He showed a little bit of things, the weight and everything. I w- I'm more concerned about the size of him more than the age. You know what I mean? Because like PJ Tucker just got a three year contract contract, you know, yep. PJ Tucker older than me. <laughs> right, so, right. So, and I think, I think they said the last, the last year of the contract was a player option. So, you know, uh, so I think, but he showed certain things, you know, some of, some of the stuff he was doing where he was, he was coming off screens and just rising up and, you know, hitting threes. It's like, if he can do that, you know, that's trans, that's translatable. You know, that's, that's some, that's why you always got to remember it is summer league, you know, and all that. And he's athletic, he's explosive. So you don't, you don't really know. Can he really do that when it matters? You know? Sure. But sure. But uh, the way the way but the weight thing is more of an issue for me because one thing about me is when I when I'm looking at NBA players is I don't I would never draft anybody in the first round that's the same height as me like and I'm like five five ten you know five eleven that's why right. the Shane Larkin pick the Shane Larkin pick was not may never I would never draft somebody that short in the first round, you know, unless they're just the immaculate player, you know, that's why when the, when the Mavericks traded down and made the shine Larkin pick would never make, I just can't do that in the first round, maybe in the second round, maybe late, you know, and then if you're tall, you know, you know, pretty good height, like a Lawson where he's six foot five, six foot six, and you're still like 185 and stuff like that. He's lighter than me, you know? Right. And, I ain't even 200 pounds. That's where it's just like, is he going to be able to put on the weight? So, so you know? I, have, I have a strong take on this, and I think the answer is yes. Um, the frame, He has a really, like, I don't know how to describe this, but his frame, like looking at his frame, it looked like one that could fill out. Like if you go look at kind of like rookie year DeMar DeRozan or like going further back, um, Kevin Durant, and you see how skinny they are. NBA strength and conditioning programs are really good about putting weight on guys and strength and muscle without bulking up too much. I feel like Tim Hardaway put out a photo of himself today doing off-season workouts, and I mean, the man just looks like he's, he's a Greek god. And he surely wasn't always that. Like the, these things happen over time. It's guys physically mature. So it's it's an interesting question, but one at the moment I have confidence in over time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I, a lot of it is the shoulders. You know, can they can they do they have the frame? Can they really 
you know, carry the weight, you know, once it's put on and all that. And, you know, I would have to, you know, look at him again and, you know, see, does he got that type of frame? Because, you know, there's just some guys where we always, you know, they come into the league early on and then, you know, they're good players or maybe they're, you know, players that uh, we see potential. And then every year it's like they just look the same every year. And then you wonder, like, what's, you know, what's going on? Sure. And, sure. And so I just, you know, I just, you know, with him, that that remains to be seen. I heard you mention something about his college coach. That's a, that might have been something that. For, are we talking? You know, are we talking AJ? Um, are we talking AJ Lawson. or Hardy? I'm sorry. So you, oh, also my, oh, oh, also my Lawson. Yeah, also my okay, Lawson. Okay. Okay. Uh, see, I thought you were talking about Hardy. So like the the. Oh Lawson no, Hardy's stuff frame is, is good. Yeah, Hardy's okay. frame is good. Yeah. The Lawson yeah. stuff. Then I I see where you're coming from because he's a string bean. Like it it that's a very that's tough because his shoulders are 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 he's a slight's not fair. He's just he's nearly a professional basketball player, but I, I it, he's definitely a skinnier kid relative yeah. relative to some of the other players out there. My apologies, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about uh, about Hardy. Yeah, I'm not worried about Hardy as far as um, his frame, growing, getting into the you know a professional strength and conditioning program, and you know filling out with him. It's more just you know his role, his position, and you know, working on things like you were talking about finishing at the rim and, you know, coming into because when you when you come as long as Luca's here in Dallas, it's going to be about how do you fit around a Luca? And so, you know, can he, you know, can he work with Luca and uh, and all that? But I heard a caller earlier saying, you know, Bradley Bill, from what I've seen, I've seen a little bit of, you know, the way Bradley Bill, like the way Bradley Bill moves, the way he plays, like in Hardy, I'm not going to say he's Bradley Bill. You know, I don't want to go that far. I'm just saying that uh, I saw a little bit in that. And he, you know, and he's a kid with pedigree. The thing with the Mavericks roster, you don't have a lot of guys on the Mavericks roster that actually has a lot of high pedigree. So to get a guy like that young and, in the past, Jason Kidd and his coaching staffs were praised for, you know, uh, player development and stuff like that. That's something to think about to say, if you know, this kid obviously has talent and everything, and he's shown a little bit of it today. Maybe they can work with him and um, develop in, him into something, you know, because the the Josh Green thing is worrisome because I heard Jason Kidd in the interview earlier talking about when they, when Josh Giddy was mentioned and he was, they asked him about, so what do you think about a guy like Josh Giddy that showed a little bit of something early on in his first year, but then he's back here in summer league. And they were like, well, it shows me that he loves basketball. And he said some other stuff. And I'm thinking like, Hmm. So like, I mean, shouldn't Josh Green be out here? And, and, and he showed less than Giddy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Giddy's amazing. But yeah, the green stuff is almost. I want to give it another game because this was such a fun, fun game. I didn't want to bat. Like I, I do. We'll do one of these after the second game next week, and maybe we can talk about green a little more. Um, I have to go soon. I just got a message, so I'm gonna fly through. The no, but I appreciate you, callers. Kirk. I uh, just wanted to come on and say a couple things. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, Simon. We'll talk soon. Hope All you right, come nice. back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's let's fly through some folks. Stephen, what's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? going? Um, 
one thing that I was just really interested with Jaden Hardy particularly was his playmaking and shot creation. And I'm really surprised how a lot of people said like his biggest concern was finishing at the rim. It was so electric just seeing him drive to the basket. It looks smooth as butter, to be honest. Uh, the one thing I am really curious to see is, Kirk, I don't know if you saw um, or maybe you saw on Twitter, but Jason Kidd was on ESPN and he was talking about uh, the starting lineup for opening night. And it would be actually Luca, Spencer, then Dorian, and then um, uh, Christian Wood, and then JaVale McGee coming uh, in the starting five, and then Bullock and uh, Reggie and um, Tim coming off the bench, which Loki actually kind of really excites me. So I'm kind of curious to see, like, with Jaden Hardy when he was on the G when he was on G League Ignite, it was kind of built with like he has to be the guy, which is like a lot to put on for a 19-year-old. So if he's able to get rotation minutes or meaningful ones, I am really curious to see like how is his uh, playmaking and shot creating going to work when he has like re- more reliable players like Reggie and Tim as his running mates. But I guess the one thing I really want to see for the rest of the summer league is just like um, uh, one thing I did notice is he can have a little bit of tunnel vision when it comes to driving to the basket. I, d- I don't know if you remember this specific play, but – he has the ball, and it's basically him against three other Chicago Bulls. And, I mean, it, good for him because he was able to draw the foul, but it's just like I want to see like him kick the ball out more. It's something maybe that's he can work on. Uh, and the other move that I was really impressed with was uh, his first step-back mid-range. Well, right before that, he got clamped up, but then he managed to do that one-handed behind the back dribble move to give him space. So I thought that was really impressive too. It's just like a lot of his stuff was really butter, but I'm really uh, interested to see like how is his actual playmaking going to be able to develop. So Josh Bow had an interesting statement in our, in our green, in our like Mavs Money Ball Slack. Sorry guys, I'm in a media room, so there's all sorts of people around me. I apologize for the additional noise. Um, and he said, you know, he kind of thinks that this actually might be easier for Josh Green than the G League because the quality of, of other players might be not as good as, you know, your 22 to 30 year old, like struggling to make it to the NBA semi-professional athletes. But I do think that the, the experience in the G League prepared him for the physicality that, that he saw today. Because, I mean, he got hammered on a lot of stuff. So, I mean, he's not a point guard. If, if he, As long as we all understand that he's a scoring guard, then I think expectations are fine. He did make some nice passes. But right now, I, 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 all I wanted to see was a good basketball player, and I think we got that today. For sure, for sure. One quick thing that I'll, uh, I'll just say before I leave Kirk is I really hope we do get to see him. I'm really interested to see, like, how does he do pick and rolls or lobs with Christian Wood? So that way we can call those highlight reels hardwood classics. <laughs> and that's it. I'll see myself out. Love it. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Talk soon. All right. Um, let's go to Connor next. How you doing, Connor? Welcome. I'm good. How are you? Um I'm really happy that basically what I saw today is what him just Jaden Hardy just confirming what I already thought about him, which is that he's basically a top 10 talent with decision-making issues um, that I think he can work through. And so I feel, I feel pretty good about that. I was really impressed. Well, I don't know if I'm impressed with his defense, but I was glad that I really didn't notice him on defense very much because I feel like if we did, it would have been negative. And, uh, 
I felt mm-hmm. like I saw one play in particular that I was impressed by where he he got stuck in a pick and roll and very quickly like skipped over to the big man and just immediately started sealing him off from rolling. And that's just something I felt like was kind of a, I don't know, a little bit smarter than I thought he was on defense. Um, and then I know everybody's like, likes to make the comparison to Bradley Beal, but the guy I see most when I watch him is probably Paul George. Um, just the way he comes off screens and he's not like super fast, but he kind of, thinks his way through things, and he didn't really take any terrible shots today besides the stuff that was just con- contested at the rim, sorry. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyways, that's all I got. I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy, though, with what he did today. Okay. All right, man. Thanks for joining. Hope you come back. All right. Let's go to uh, Patrick. Hey, Patrick. What's up? Oh, thanks for having me, Kirk. Sure. So we got to discuss the best topic is best vegan food. That's what's most important. Say that again. What's the best Vegas food? Oh, I mean, that's impossible. There's too many options. Everything I've eaten here is good. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make it out there. Maybe next year. We'll see. And uh, my only other comment, because I know you got to go, but uh is it too early to bitch about summer league refs? I mean, or should that not it's a train. That's a that's a good. I like that. I like that you brought that up. So like they use summer league to train refs too, and there's an element of that going on. You know, it's like probably a bunch of referees you've never seen before. Like the, the NBA, like as much as we complain about the refs, they put these guys through a ton of work. Also, I saw Bennett Salvatore up close tonight. Um, how's that for a, a throwback referee name? Um, but yeah, that that's a that's a good point. Thank you, Patrick. Do you have anything else? That's about it. I sure thing, buddy. it. Um, Talk soon. Okay. Drew, how you doing? What's going on? Welcome, welcome. First time doing this. Oh, so, uh, welcome to the show. A little, bit, uh, a little bit new to me. But uh, the Jaden Hardy thing, I mean, he's a good player. I think you put him in the Moses Moody role and just watch him progress. The one I'm interested in is um, A.J. Lawson. Just I mean, I think you watch him, and if he shoots it at a decently high clip, you put him on a two-way contract, see where he goes from there. I think you got to. I, I, I've been thinking about this for about two hours. I I am prone to overreaction, but well, I mean, it, it's, his shot looked good. Yes, and, I mean, it's people pay for shooting. Davis Berton's got a $16 million contract. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's absolutely I mean, right. That, Conversation for a different day, but my biggest pet peeve with the Mavericks is they don't have a system as to go after undrafted free agents. I mean, Miami Heat do it pretty easily. Mavericks don't do it very well. Um, I think you let them develop and see if you can get something for them. Well, maybe. We'll see what they do. I, I, I will say that the – the um, shoot, names are for escaping me, but – their other two-way guy, the the six-eight forward, um, that that's on the team right now. Like he, his, his game tonight uh, um, was not one. Moses uh, Moses wasn't exactly inspiring. So we'll see. I mean, that the, they have, you know, you can probably get away with two good games before someone else tries to come along and offer him something. Um, is is where my head is. So it's, you know, you want to make sure that, that this sort of thing is an outlier performance. So. Yep, I agree. Well, that's all I got. I appreciate it. Sure, Drew. All right. Uh, hope you come back, Drew. And then we have a second Drew coming up. 
my my old friend Drew on the East Coast. What's going on? What do you got for us tonight? Hey, Kirk. Uh, just a couple of things here. How did that guy slide to 37? Okay. I guess I, mean, I know it's one game, you know, but still you could just see that, you know, that uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how he's a second round pick, but one thing I liked, you know, that I like to study is is their stroke on the free throw. And I was really impressed. I I didn't not know that he had that decent a stroke. Yeah, it's very pretty. That really impressed me. I, yeah, I did a slow-mo I mean, video of it. If you watch it, he's just got really crisp like mechanically very sound stuff. Yeah, how did this guy slide to 37? Um, he was absolutely atrocious in the G League. I have heard through asking around that his interview process did not go particularly well. Um, ah. And let's be honest, it's like what tends to happen in picks 20 to 30 is teams lose their minds. Like I was talking with a friend of mine tonight, the, the, the Nuggets took like uh, Christian Braun at 21. And I think that's fine because Christian Braun is a pretty good player. Whereas sometimes, like we said, we see we saw the Mavericks do this with the, you know pick eighteen with you know your your favorite player yeah. Josh Green. Like sometimes you just need well that's a bit of a good, stretch, but I'll I'll let sure you sure but, but, you, but you know what I mean like you need to take the like like sometimes guys like I, I think in my opinion just knowing what I know now Hardy should probably have not been a lottery pick and he probably shouldn't have fallen to thirty seven like he should have been a guy that was picked probably twenty to thirty the way you know some of these other guards but, but you know it, the, the, it's the Mavericks benefit. Yeah, I would lean more towards the uh, the interview thing, maybe and everything like that, because you know, as far as being atrocious to G League, I watched some of that G League stuff. That was just a guy, you know, they don't have a whole lot of coaching in the G League, and that was just a guy just trying to put up big buckets to make the league. You know, it wasn't, you know, he was like he was just like doing everything and out of control, a little bit like he was at the end of the fourth quarter. But that stuff, I think, kid can work with on that, you know, everything like that. But you know, the the thing is, is he did get a lot of points. He was very inefficient. And we, we know that. And a lot of that was, you know, poor decision making, which that comes with experience. You know, you're 19. You don't make good decisions. Yeah, no, I agree with that entirely. I agree. Yeah. All right. Thanks for having me on, Kirk. And uh, uh, I keep missing these, but that's all right. We'll uh, we'll we'll catch up. Yep. Thanks, Drew. Talk soon. All right. All right, guys. This has been fun. Thanks for hanging out with me. Um, I don't know when I'm going to do another show. I'm here in Vegas till Monday, but the Mavericks don't play till next week, I don't think. Uh, so we'll see what happens next. This has been Kirk Henderson here on whatever I'm going to name this room, but uh, it's basically a money uh, or it's a summer league Spotify live. So appreciate your time and we will talk to you guys soon. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.